Wonderful, amazing. Alan Davies is a legend. I thought it was very good indeed, yeah. Susan Kalman was fantastic as a host. Oh, that's brilliant. I really enjoyed it. Alan Davies is always good. <laughs> I thought that was just amazing. Great stuff. It was really funny, really uh, entertaining. Oh, excellent. My daughter's favourite is... David O'Doherty. <laughs> a band of man was very clever. Amnesty Secret Comedy Podcast with Susan Kalman. Welcome back to Amnesty International Secret Comedy Podcast Live in the Underbelly with me, Susan Kalman. Today in this free show that's absolutely free, we've got a barrel full of belly laughs or your money back. It's free. <laughs> Alan Davis is here. Sarah Pascoe is here. We've got a comedian who can fill stadiums with his fans and we've got the best stand-up comedy you can get anywhere in the world. Let's start with an award winner. Not just any award. He's won the Edinburgh Comedy Award in 2008 and since then he's got better and better. Please welcome David O'Doherty! <laughs> Thank you very much, uh, ladies and gentlemen. It's a, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, my name is David O'Doherty. I am the number one ranked person called David O'Doherty on the Google internet search engine, so thank you. I replaced the previous number one ranked one who was David O'Doherty, the mathematician who discovered one of the highest prime numbers ever. <laughs> and <laughs> when I replaced him, he wrote a blog about it in which he said he found that situation infinitely annoying. <laughs> which is big talk if you are a mathematician. I was recently described by the Irish Times as a national treasure, thank you. Three days later, described by the same newspaper as not everyone's cup of tea. So let's, let's decide once and for all, shall we? This song is called Life. Life, 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 life. Life, 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 life. Life, 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 ah, shit, ah, God, oh no, actually it's okay, oh no, it's not, oh God, no, what, more, really, this again, ah, and then you die, life is a marathon, not a sprint, but it's a sort of marathon that you have to sprint. And there's hurdles and weights to lift and cycling and archery, show jumping, and the diving where you both do it at the same time. <laughs> Life is basically the Olympics, but at the end you don't get a medal, you die. Life is like a long journey in a car with no sat-nav or map or idea where you're going or why. And that car is a 1994 Toyota Corolla where you have to leave the hot air on to make the lights work. It's very complicated. Avril Lavigne was right. Life! What are you? Are you just the accumulation of obsolete mobile phone chargers and reusable shopping bags? Current total nine of one, over 40 of the other. I will never need that many shopping bags in my entire life. And now they're all stuffed into the same cupboard, so if I need to get one out, they all fall on top of me in a sort of avalanche. One day, they could fall out and suffocate me to death. Ironic to be killed by a bag for life. <laughs> Life is like going out with Amelie from the movie Amelie. Jaws, someone said. 
No, Amelie. From a distance, it seems like it should be really fulfilling and satisfying. But actually, on a day-to-day basis, it's quite annoying. Hey, Amelie, can you go out and get us some milk? No, I will buy us a cow. Oh, sweet Jesus. There's already a goat living in the spare room where you went to get cheese last week. Life is hard, you know? It's just not said often enough. So it's good morning. Oh, have a wonderful day. You look incredible. Everything's going to be beautiful. <laughs> no! Should be, listen, I've looked outside and it seems like once again today the world is pretty much full of dicks. Old songs have to have some reference to life being hard within the song. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. The rate of prostate cancer in men over the age of 85 is 100%. It's just benign in some men. That's an actual fact. A doctor told me that recently. Holy shit. Don't get me wrong, there's brilliant bits. You know, like when you see someone you haven't seen for a while, or maybe you get drunk unexpectedly, or go for a cycle and the wind's behind you, or you read a book that's amazing, or you go to a show that's incredible like this one. Or listen to it, download it for free. That way, helping Amnesty in no way whatsoever. (laughs) There are good bits to life. Let's now make no mistake about it. But very often, when you go outside, say after this, whatever you're doing, you find that someone set your bike on fire. That actually happened to me recently. That is not a metaphor. How do you even set a bike on fire? Why would you even set my bike on fire? And it was raining. Oh, Dublin. Somewhere over the rainbow. I bet life is just exactly as hard as it is on this side of the rainbow. And on that side, you can't even see the rainbow. It's an optical illusion. And who knows, maybe it's even more homophobic on that side of the rainbow. So let's all just stay on this side. And all of us, even just for today, let's all of us, let's just try to have a nice time. Thank you. was quite the performance. Uh, that was David O'Doherty performing for you on Amnesty's secret comedy podcast. As I said, this is a free download and a free show, so what can you do to help? I hear you ask. <laughs> it's easy. Text SECRET to 70555 to donate £3 to Amnesty International. Text costs £3 plus one standard message. Refer to your tariff for details. Amnesty UK receives £2.85 from every £3 donated over 18s only. Please ask Bill Pierce permission. See full terms and conditions at amnesty.org.uk forward slash SMS term. Why wouldn't you do that, you people listening? Why wouldn't you? Because you're a bad person. Okay, everyone, what do you want now? Coffee! <laughs> we haven't got any. No. Um, we've got more of that. Joe Caulfield has been on, written for, or watched just about every comedy show on TV. And here she is for you now. It's Joe Caulfield! Thank you. And uh, actually, if you Google Joe Caulfield, strangely, it also goes to David O'Doherty. It's kind of strange, isn't it? My default setting is to dislike most people and things. Uh, like, say, things that you're meant to like, like the Olympic torch. Am I the only person that didn't give a shit whether the Olympic torch came to their town or not? I thought the whole thing was completely patronising. It was like, well, we're slowly dismantling the health service, but don't worry, we're bringing fire to your town. 
It's like, it's 2012, I'm not impressed by fire. I've got an iPad. Right. And I'm quite glad, I'm not, I'm not being churlish about the Olympics. If you enjoyed the sport, I just don't want to see people crying when they've won anymore. I don't know when we became a nation of criers. And also that people are surprised they've won, aren't they? Everyone's going, oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Well, you did train for 15 years. That could have been a clue. <laughs> I think if I had won, that would have been a surprise. And I could have gone, I can't believe it. I'm faster than Hussein Bolt. Who knew? <laughs> oh, and the bloody torch. And because I watch the news all the time, I couldn't get away from it. I even saw the beginning one where they lit it in Greece and it took ages to like because it was raining and the Greeks can't just get anything right at the moment. And David Beckham was there and he had his suit on because he was an ambassador. But even though he had his suit on, you could still see that neck tattoo that he's got going across the back of his neck right there. And I was looking at it and I was thinking, I'd quite like my husband to get one of those because I don't think it looks good, but I think it looks painful. <laughs> and there are things that are accepted conventions that I'm not very happy about. Like I was in the supermarket and a short woman asked me to get her something off the top shelf. Not an old person. I would help an old person. Just a short woman. She went, oh, could you get that off the top shelf for me? I thought, well, if it's socially acceptable for you to ask me to get things off the top shelf, then surely I can ask you to get me something off the bottom shelf. <laughs> so pick up that cat litter, short ass, yeah. It was excellent fun. She could barely lift it. Just have to get a cat now. I can also get pissed off even at things I like. Like I'm watching a show on TV, I like, location, location, location. Pissed me off straight away. See if this would piss you off. This was the voiceover at the beginning. Young couple Greg and Sophie have a budget of 750,000 pounds. <laughs> I had to spend the next half hour going, bloody Greg and Sophie, where do they get 750,000 pounds from? They only look about 12, look at them. Hope they get divorced, hope their house falls down. Bloody Greg and Sophie. You're good people, of course you are, it's charity. That is a correct response to that. Because I, I, I said that recently down south uh, in a place uh, where I thought, oh, I wonder how it'll go here. Henley-upon-Thames. <laughs> Complete silence. Till I was looking in their faces and I thought they're all just sitting there going, well, they'll get nothing round here for 750,000 pounds. <laughs> Poor Greg and Sophie, they seem such a lovely couple, don't they? Lovely couple, yes. I like a reality show where the people in the show are having a slightly shitter life than me. That's what you want, isn't it? You feel better about yourself then. Like, I like those shows where people change their life, like Escape to the Country, Place in the Sun. This was a good beginning. It says, uh, Dan and Gail from Grimsby have never run a bed and breakfast before. In fact, they've no experience of running any sort of business at all. But they've sold their house in Grimsby and moved to Spain to open a bed and breakfast. It's not going well. Yes! So when you're like, come on, open the wine, you're missing it. There's people ruining their lives on television for our amusement. Oh, these silly idiots, they had a dream. Oh, I feel good now. Yeah. I mean, some shows I just think, how insulting, because how stupid do they think we are? The show, there's two, they're the same. Secret Millionaire, Undercover Boss. What amazes me about that show, nobody is ever remotely suspicious of that new person. They never go, have you met Darren, the new guy in the canteen? They're like, Darren, which one's Darren? You know Darren, he's got dark hair, glasses. Ooh, Darren, dark hair, glasses, I can't think of him. You know Darren, he's got dark hair, glasses. Always wears those baggy jeans, where's those baggy jeans? Ooh, Darren, dark hair, glasses, baggy jeans, I can't think of him. 
You know, Darren, he's got dark hair, glasses, baggy jeans, always has a camera crew with him. Has his own camera crew. Has a researcher, makeup artist. Oh, yeah, I thought there was something strange about him. Thank you very much, people. Cheers. After a decade away from stand-up comedy, he's back with a bang. He's on TV just about every day in some form or another, thanks to Dave. He's here now to show his support for Amnesty International. Please welcome Alan Davis! Hello. Hi, Susan. Uh, are, you, are you very well? How are you enjoying Edinburgh so far? Is I'm it going enjoying well? it very much. It's all going very well, thank you, yes. And how are you finding the Scottish audiences? They all sit face to front. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you can ask of an audience, I find. So you've been away for a wee while. What, what made you decide to go back on stage again and do the stand-up again? Couldn't get any other work, Susan. <laughs> Things are drying up. No. I've gone over the crest. No. You play yeah. every town twice. That's what Malcolm Hardy used to say. Once on the way up, once on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be back. <laughs> This is the uh, secret comedy podcast. Have you ever given away a secret by mistake? I'm not, I don't think I'm very good at secrets. No. But I, don't, I certainly don't tell people secrets because people do not keep them. I think that's the, one of the rules of secrets, isn't it? It is. Don't tell anyone this is a secret. That really means, can you pass this on, but don't yeah. say it came from me. Yeah. <laughs> it's the whole thing these days of uh, the humble brag, as they call it on Twitter, of... Oh, I'm just, I'm so tired to do what with all the wonderful things I'm doing. Yeah, and the humble brag, I love that. Yeah. You think after all these years on the red carpet, I'll get used to it. (laughs) (laughs) It's worth following, it's very funny. It's astonishing, it really is. I just like to say things like, I'm watching loose women in my pants. I think that's a much more honest way of tweeting. But you never wear your pants when you watch this one. Never. Because I, I, I recently had the absolute honour of doing QI with yourself. It was lovely to and, have you there. Uh, Dame Sandy Toxvic. Yeah. What was lovely was, I thought, I don't know, so it was uh, you and Bill Bailey yeah. and Sir Stephen Fry. And then on this side, it was essentially two women in blazers. <laughs> it would be difficult to tell where the lesbians were in the room, eh? <laughs> Just being Sandy in blazers and shirts, it was the dikiest thing <laughs> that's ever been on QI. <laughs> People haven't combed their hair since the 80s, you know that, don't you, the pair of you. <laughs> oh, God, I love her. Um, she had a red jack on. I looked kind of like she was about to enter an equestrian event, though. Yeah, well, we did have Claire Balding in that very chair a couple of series ago. Was that, is that the lesbian chair? It's the lesbian chair. <laughs> I suppose maybe if people sit in the chair, then they become a lesbian. <laughs> We're just going to invite lesbians now. Could I provide you a list with a list of people that I would quite like to become lesbians? <laughs> yeah, could they do that? And then we'll just plonk them there and see what happens. <laughs> yes, and afterwards I'll go into the green room and go, did it work? <laughs> You're um, a gentleman that's well-known. Now, sometimes people say it's easier once you've been on television to do stand-up. People laugh at everything that you say. Ha, 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 you can just go, ah, and they laugh. <laughs> Oh, that that were true. (laughs) 
I sometimes get people because I'm on the news quiz. They think, oh, she's going to be politically astute, isn't she? And they, you see them and they sit and they, they're so smiley and they, they're like, oh, it's that little girl off the. Oh, she's lovely, her and Sandy. They have such lovely conversations. And then as the show goes on, you just see them going, oh, no. <laughs> Oh, I didn't think it was going to be like this. So long as they, like, the thing I don't want in the show is I don't want a bigger ovation when I come on than I get when I go off. That, this is the key thing. As long as they're applauding at least as much at the end as they were at the beginning, then I'm fine. That's a tremendous tip, actually. If, they're, if you're less excited when we leave and you're going, oh, thank fuck for that. I've needed a pee for ten minutes. And the thing is, at the fringe, if you go to, like, my fringe show, you can't leave without me saying, in fact, I insist they put a black curtain so you can't see the door. So I'll see you going like that. Where is the door? Where is the door? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please, an ovation for the wonderful Mr. Alan Davis! <laughs> Next, we've got a rising star in the comedy circuit. He's been performing since 2009 and has won four awards in his first year on That's Why I Didn't Win Any. With a number of TV appearances under his belt, including Fresh Meat, one reviewer commented that he's funny before he even speaks. Let's find out. Let's get him on. It's Rob Beckett! Hello. Are you all right? Yeah. Good, I'm Rob. Nice to see you. I'm from uh, South East London, Lewisham. Anyone in? Never is. Um, I don't get it. I've got a bit of a working class background. Any working class people in? Really? Amnesty gig at the Fringe? <laughs> I don't think so. I didn't know what Amnesty was till I got invited on it. Um, but now I do and it's great. <laughs> I, um, yeah, um, it's confusing though, class. I don't think, if, if you're not sure, you can do a test to see if you're working class or not. Um, you're normally working class if your television is bigger than your bookcase. Uh, that's how it works. So you'll have a 50 inch plasma on the wall and a little Billy bookcase from Ikea with DVDs on it normally. <laughs> or a couple of books like I Knew the Cray Twins, You Prick, something like that. Or a copy of Da Vinci Code when your mum got a bit cocky. She's like, I will read it. Oh, no, you won't, mum. She won't read it. She went, I will, the girls have been talking about it. Like, that's her mates, the girls. I don't know why she calls them the girls. There's five of them, combined age of 298. <laughs> that's an average age of 59, right? Surely women now. And, um, but she's, actually, she's always reading Martina Cole, though. She loves Martina Cole. I don't get it. Every book's the same. It's always about women gangsters. If you read the blurb, it's always like, she was a good girl from a bad family. Had to bend the rules to get her away. I'm like, that's Matilda. <laughs> I've got a big family. I've got like, four brothers, and we all mess about. And we, go, we play a lot of family ball games where I play Articulate. Like, we love Articulate. If you've never played Articulate, it's a silly family board game. You get a card, and on the card's like a thing, place, person, book, and you'll get the people in your team to guess what's on the card. So, for example, if you had Sex and the City, the film, on your card, you have to give clues. Like, oh my God, aren't vaginas like shoes, says a horse. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> little clues like that. Um, and I was playing with my dad, and my, my dad makes me laugh. He's a, bit of, he's a ridiculous character, um, and he like, swears a lot, wears gold, he's got the swallows on his arms, tattoos, not live birds. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was playing with him, and he's like most dads. He, he does this thing that really annoys me. He'll say a statement that's ridiculous, and instead of going, oh, that was weird what I said, he'll just defend it forever, even if it's absolute bollocks. Uh, for example, like, I was in Spain with him a few weeks ago, and he, out of nowhere he went, well, the thing is, Rob, all Spanish dogs are ugly. I was like, where's this come from? Right, when spoke about dogs, what I'm worried about though is he's knocking around London going, that one's fit, yeah, that's... 
why I've never left. Right? I was like, who's, who's judging how fit dogs are? Then there was dogs walking past. I was like, what about that dog? That little one looks all right. He went, probably imported. <laughs> what kind of sicko's importing fit dogs? And then later on in the afternoon, right, was, was in Spain on a day. At two o'clock in the afternoon, he did something absolutely amazing, right? I, I'm still getting over it. He, he's 68, right? He decided to have a can of Red Bull at two o'clock in the afternoon, right? Um, and I don't know why. He's only going to, like, sunbathe later and get burnt. What does he need a Red Bull for? He don't give, like, a chicken a Pro Plus before he stick it in the oven, right? And uh, anyway, so he, he had this Red Bull, right? Then 20 minutes later, goes to sleep for two hours, right? I've never seen anything. I don't know what Horlicks does to him, right? <laughs> straight into a coma and I was like I went dad that's I, don't know. I, was like, I was like that's weird I went dad that's weird and instead of him going yeah that was a bit weird he responded he went well if I didn't have it I would have slept till morning right as if he planned it ah. makes me laugh uh, but he, like, he likes the fact I'm doing this he's quite he's proud that I do this he's happy that I'm not you know in prison or impregnating girls in South East London right that's, that's what my cousins are for um, yeah, but I do. I love doing comedy. It's good fun. Um, like my girlfriend's, like she likes me doing it, but she's not a big fan because it's a lot of like staying away from home. Like, I'm up here for the whole month, and I think she worries I might cheat on her or something like that, or play away. And I never would. I love her to bits, so I always try and reassure her. And I reassure her with a classic Paul Newman quote, and I say to her, "Look, why would I go out and have a burger when I got steak at home, right? But the problem is, when you're pissed, burgers are well nice." Yeah. <laughs> You've been lovely. I've been Rob Beckett. Be lucky. See you soon. Bye. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, not many people have written a musical, combined it with an autobiography, and then presented it as stand-up, but that's exactly what my next guest has achieved. She starred in 2012 and The Thick of It, and she's about to star on this very podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Sarah Pascoe! <laughs> and just so that uh, Sarah's not lonely, we're going to have another guest up as well. Michael Mittermeier is Germany's best-selling comedian, and we can't believe it's his first year performing a full run at the Edinburgh Festival. His show, A German on Safari, is co-produced by Eddie Azard, and Michael says he's ready to take on Scotland. Let's see, I'm the one that's been sent to take you on. Let's see what happens. Let's find out who's coping. It's Michael Mittermeier! <laughs> Hello to you both. Hello. 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 Oh, that was in unison. That was beautiful. Mm. Oh. Like the Nolans. <laughs> Are you aware of the Nolans, Michael? No. Well, you're missing out. It's a really amazing compliment that we just got. Yeah. Yeah. The okay. Nolans are amazing. Give we, me your love tonight. We are Germans. I'm we are not romantic, you know. There is organisation, a discipline, so there is no romance. First of all, how is Edinburgh going for you, Sarah? How are you finding it? I'm having it? a lovely time, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Show's going well? Fine. <laughs> but, but, but fine in capital letters. Oh, I see. Yeah. Lovely. And Michael, how are you finding it? Great. It's, I have a great time. The show is building and it's, it's sold out. Oh, I heard someone's phone going off. Who's got their phone on? Oh. Rob. Uh, Rob, is that your phone, Rob? Sabotage to Amnesty. Wow. Wow. <laughs> See, when another comic tries to put another comic off. Wow, Rob. I just text the money to Amnesty. Oh, did yeah. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> oh, that was actually really good, Rob. You're a German comic, you're in Scotland. How is the humour travelling for you? It's travelling. There are a lot of Scots coming. And I'm glad because I thought um, only Germans will show up, like some weird Germans. Oh, we saw him in German, why he speaks English. But a lot of Scots are coming and have a lot of fun. Uh, because I think we, because we Germans, yeah, we, we used to do things to England and so we're natural allies. Um, um, <laughs> 
to just clarify, you used to do things to Scotland as well. It wasn't just the English, just in case anyone then texts in and says... We actually, never bombed Edinburgh, so uh, look at this no, beautiful city, no, but huh? To, but to be fair, you decimated Clyde Bank, where I grew up. <laughs> trying to rake over coals but you were the one that made the distinction and I'm just pointing out that the shipbuilding place had a bit of a bad time my granny had an Anderson shelter in the backyard she hid in it that's where my father was conceived let's move on so (laughs) if you just say England you see in Scotland people get a little bit annoyed because we whilst we are part of team GB go Chris Hoy (laughs) we have a separate you must have encountered have you ever made the mistake of seeing England and Scotland no I used to do tour guiding on the buses and in London and on open top buses and I used to get in a lot of trouble because I always referred to like and on your left hand side Downing Street where the Prime Minister of England lives and, and, and people really didn't like it. Did you hear even there did you hear <laughs> yeah, I know I know it's like some dementors arrived in the room at that <laughs> but you never know the sensitivities of a particular place until you arrive there but do you ever tailor things specifically because you are in Edinburgh Sarah? Um, do you know what? I don't actually, but I, I think that um, it's it's a really nice way. It's like um, when you're polite to someone in conversation, isn't it? You, so you can you, you have kind of niceties, and there is something about when you go into a place and you go, okay, so you've got a joke about a ship place in London, but you change it to a ship place in Edinburgh. Oh, just, just oh, you'd I mean? be hard pushed. <laughs> <laughs> There's absolutely nowhere here that you could reference like that. Christ, we've got a castle. <laughs> Glasgow, just put Glasgow. You could do that. Now, uh, Michael, you were here at the Amnesty podcast. You developed a, a relationship with an ex-prisoner of conscience, didn't you? It was Zagnar, wasn't it, that you had a bit of a relationship with? Yeah, I, I made a documentary. And so we travelled to Burma and filmed there secretly. We went around the prison, did stuff like this, and... It was great because um, it was. I think it was a nice documentary and really featuring him because he's a very funny guy. He's a very. I think he's the bravest comedian ever because he, he was in prison about eleven years in total, mm. and um, he even watched the documentary in prison. We smuggled the documentary into prison. It's great. So now I have friends in Burma, and uh, yeah, it's my best sold DVD ever. 400,000 copies wow. of this documentary in Burma. Not sold, it's just like black copying. Yeah. Um, I wait for the money so I don't text message to no, Amnesty. No, no, that's fine. Um, <laughs> but one of, the, one of the things about the Amnesty is it's, it's about freedom of expression and we are very fortunate. You were in 2012, which I loved, I've said to you before, which was uh, almost exactly like Lukog actually was. <laughs> now, you were in... A, 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 a uh, spoof documentary criticising the biggest event that was happening in the country. Satire is such an important way of questioning things, actually. Mm-hmm. And obviously the Olympics, even though that's a comedy show, they are kind of questioning the amount of money that's spent and the people who are employed and the kind of low-level politics going on, etc., etc. And we do, we take that for granted as mm-hmm. something that we're allowed to do. Whereas, I mean, for us, it's like when you go back in history, you, you didn't used to be able to question the church or um, kings and queens, that you had this thing called divine rights, etc., and there's other countries in the world right now where that still exists. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Edinburgh Festival, it's your first full run, Michael, but it's a yeah. lovely freeing place for a comic, isn't it? It's great. But it, it, after two weeks, you run around like a zombie. It's, you go to a yeah. show, watch the show, <laughs> the next show, show, it's afternoon. Uh, still, uh, <laughs> uh, do my show here yeah, after the show, oh, having dinner, doing some drinking, whatever. So it's, <laughs> it's your run, but it's like a happy zombie. So it's, it's, yeah, it's a happy yeah. zombie. Yeah, so. Yeah. 
Zombies are happy people because they don't have to think. They don't talk. Never. Yeah. They're they're just smoking pot. That's why the. Sit on Michael. Give them a huge round of applause, everyone. Treat for you to end the day. They call themselves Ireland's seventh biggest hip hop crew and are well known on the comedy circuit for their quick fire thinking and turning any scenario into a musical rap. Let's put them to the test and see if they can round up today's show for us in the song. Ladies and gentlemen, go crazy for Abandonment! Ladies and gentlemen, hello, welcome. Uh, we are we are Abandonment. We are uh, the unlikeliest hip hop crew that uh, that I've seen. Uh, what we do is we freestyle. We freestyle a lot of things. So uh, Susan is going to throw in kind of the, her favorite bits of the show and whatever she gives us, we're going to try and use in a song today. And if we do, if we use it, go crazy. And and if we don't, just still go crazy, right? Because it's the end of the podcast. Uh, so I don't think that we get. We have to use this song. Susan, have you got a few things? Uh-huh. You got a few. Things you uh-huh. That's a very cocky look. Uh-huh. This is the wrap up for this uh, beautiful podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please do make some noise. Woo! Off the top, yep, we rap for free. Now, this is a podcast for amnesty. It's time for us to go, like with Susan, to battle. First word for amnesty international. Lesbian chair. Okay, yep, I'm yes, debonair. You see, Susan's there in my lesbian chair. I'm like, you know, hold on, no, I want to go there. Over quickly, you must flow. You see, man, I stand beside her. I'm a huge guy, jealous of the lesbian chair. They got a QI. Dang, they say it's only for the ladies. I'm upset, so's my man, Alan Davies. Next one, we get it. Yep, before we forget it. Good-looking dogs. Yeah, no, fresh to death. It's time for me to see it's insane. I'm crazy attracted to millions of canines. Don't you know? I said it with skill. I've got 101 dogs. I'm Cruella DeVille. Yeah, man, that's why you can just read minds. I love the dogs. Forget the felines. Yep, you can do better. Dogs is the musical I want from Lloyd Webber. Happy zombie! Yeah, okay, so right now, Edinburgh is good. No, Edinburgh is greater. Become a zombie, then exit 28 days later. That's right, yeah. You know, man, you heard me. That's a reference for Alice Killian Murphy. Yep, you see, man, life is getting wild. Feel like a zombie, but a zombie with a smile. That's right, you know, it's totally bow. So become a dope zombie, son, and go to a show. German humor! Yeah, man, it's the future. I say we take it to German future. Humor. Yep, you know, some people have never heard of me. I'm coming to Berlin, you see, I love Germany. Yeah, I'm like, yo, with the music, let's do this. We're on tour, Irish hip-hop straight in Munich. Yeah, that's right, man, you know you have heard these. I've actually played a show in a place called Gunther Murphy's. It's a half-Irish, half-German restaurant. They love the Germans and they do love the leprechauns. That's right, man, you know it's the revival. People in the crowd make some noise for Michael. If we get the last one more before we done with the raps. The Nolans. Okay, I stroll it. My name's Rob, I'm Irish. My mother's a Nolan. Yep, you didn't know this. She was like Rinnan. She gave birth to me and then she joined the loose women. That's right, you know, you heard of these. I'm actually touring with the Nolans in Germany. Ladies and gentlemen, it truly is happening. This is like the rap and the band of man and Miss Kalman. Ladies and gentlemen, we rap to the beat. And this is the freestyle for the am that's uh, a 
you very much for coming, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget you can get involved as much as you like if you visit amnesty.org.uk. Please subscribe to the iTunes feed and you'll get the next secret comedy podcast absolutely free. So, finally, we're trying to persuade people to text SECRET to 70555, as Rob has done, to donate £3 to Amnesty International. Uh, I'm going to give you 10 seconds. Do a pitch to persuade people to donate. The first time I ever did stand-up was in March 1988 and it was a benefit for Amnesty International and I've supported them ever since and I think you should support them today. Because the world needs Amnesty. It's a very powerful organisation to campaign for political prisoners and there are really things happening. I, I saw it myself, so um, believe. I just think that it's so important that it's kind of like a selfless act because you're uh, giving money to help and it's a very small amount of money but to help other people but then I think when you protect human rights you're also protecting yourself and everyone else that you love here. As I see in my show, complacency is the enemy of equality. Mm. Yeah, there's no jokes, just that. Um, <laughs> it's easy. Text SECRET to 70555 to donate £3 to Amnesty International. Text costs £3 plus one standard message. Refer to your tariff for details. Amnesty UK receives £2.85 from every £3 donated over 18s only. Please ask Bill Pierce permission. See full terms and conditions at amnesty.org.uk forward slash SMS terms. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. I have been and will remain as far as I am sober. Susan Calman! Amnesty's Secret Comedy Podcast is a Dabster production for Amnesty International.